Hello, magic seekers, and welcome to It Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts, Laura and Shannon, and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast coven. to our magical podcast coven. Thank you for joining us again and do we have a treat for you today. Our last interview with this special guest was so full of fun, inspiring information and magic we just had to invite him back on the podcast again. The author of many books including The Glam Witch, The Complete Book of Moon Spells, Witchcraft for Daily Self-Care, Love Spells for the Modern Witch and Moon Spells for Beginners. He has just released a brand new book, Astrology for Witches, which we are so excited to chat about today. He's a professional astrology and tarot reader and has been practicing modern witchcraft for over 20 years. As a devotee of the goddess Lilith, he anchors his practice with the use of glamour, love, moon, and sex magic. We are truly excited to welcome back the glam witch himself, Michael Herkus, into our podcast coven today. Hello, Michael. Hello. Thank you for having me on again. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from America. Yeah, I know all the way from America. I'm in you you all are in the future. How's the future? What's happening over there? Yeah. (laughs) As we were just saying, we've survived the eclipse. (laughs) Love it. Full moon and yeah, you've still got that to come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, no, thank you for being here. And I found your book to be such a wonderful guide on how to build a really solid foundation to understand all facets of astrology, of which there are so many, that's for sure. So many. (laughs) And how to weave that into witchcraft. So first of all, can you tell us what inspired you to create Astrology for Witches? Yeah, of course. So um, you kind of hit the nail on the head there with there being so much about astrology. I mean, someone can study it their entire life and still not have it all down pat. So um, I I look at going out and meeting new witches and going to festivals and things. And you put a, a couple of witches in a room together and it's only a couple of minutes before everyone's starting up talking about, I'm this sign, I'm this sign, what is your favorite <laughs> planet? All of those different things. And I really wanted to showcase a book that talks about astrology, but not from an astrologer's perspective, from a witch's perspective. Um, astrology, again, can be, you know, studied. There, there's so many different components to it, um, but it can be very, very helpful to witches. And I've heard, you know, some some chatter in the past about how, uh, you know, maybe it's just a little too cumbersome or, you know, other practitioners just couldn't figure it out. They didn't have the right tool. It wasn't speaking to them in a certain way. And I used to be the same way, to be completely honest, until um, a few years ago when I finally went to an astrologer and the way that she broke it down for me, it was like, wow, the the blinders had come off and I finally got it. I understood astrology. So I wanted to to show other witches how you can utilize it and maybe kind of, you know, provide a, a way that spoke to individuals more, um, that was a little bit less cumbersome in delivery. Because mm-hmm. um, again, it's like, you know, I think about like, math or science and like certain things in school where I just was like, oh my God, I can't even 
imagine <laughs> like our focus on this this topic yeah. but the teacher was able to break it down in such a way where it wasn't actually as hard as I thought it was so that's what I was attempting to do with this oh, and I think you did it so well and that's what I love about your books I feel that they're fantastic for people that are literally just starting out on their journey in witchcraft or for people like myself who I do have a lot of knowledge but there's so many things I don't know about you know, astrology yeah. and that subjects, so I feel it's that broad range you really cater for and it's it's amazing. Thank you. So much is down to the teacher and their delivery and how it resonates with, you know, various people, how it lands, um, which I guess is a nice little segue into the next question because it's so broad. <laughs> it's, but in a nutshell, <laughs> what is the essence <laughs> of astrology uh, from, from your own delivery of it? Mm-hmm. So to, uh, to me, the, the essence of astrology is um, the magic of the planets. Uh, so how the planets interact with us here on Earth um, and uh, how we can kind of utilize them to to our advantage to make more sense of, of, the, of the world. I mean, it, they, they play in very heavily to witchcraft in that, you know, a lot of times we hear witch, witchcraft is a nature-based practice. It's very... Heavily focused on on the earth, you know, we use the herbs, the crystals, the you know, so much earth focus. And um, but the planets and our our universe is still a part of that nature. Um, it's just not necessarily maybe that physical thing that we can really touch and feel um, and we see. But the it's the planets, it's the motion of our planets that kind of dictate our seasons. It controls nature. It changes it. So um, you know, I look at at witchcraft in that perspective, you know, really complementing astrology. And then, of course, it can be used as a divination practice, too, where you start looking at um, the constant movements of the planets and kind of start seeing, you know, it's going to be going in this section. It's going to be connecting to these planets or it's going to be retrograde or it's going to be something to then help starting to create horoscopes to help you navigate some of some of life's challenges. So in the same way that we would look at the weather um, to see if we need to go out and carry uh, an umbrella, we can look at astrology and, and the movement of the planets to think, okay, mm, should I really be signing this contract right now? Ooh, is now the right time to be starting a relationship? Um, should I really quit my job right now? So there's some truth to, to how this all adds up when the planets are doing their thing in the sky. Oh, absolutely. I love that. That's perfectly said. Yeah. yeah, get more information, see the patterns. I guess it gives you more colors to paint with, doesn't it? More absolutely. Oh, I love how you just explained that. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You get a full palette of colors and not mm. just um, a, a primaries. Yeah, not just <laughs> yeah. The primaries or even just the secondaries. I mean, you get the whole enchilada. It's more yeah. than Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> We can keep going. <laughs> we could, we could. <laughs> well, I think it gives you a, a, it's kind of like tool, It's well, it is tools, but like I wanted to say weapons, <laughs> weapons yeah. to use to well, fortify yourself, to navigate, like at the moment, for instance, we're in the middle of Mercury retrograde, the lunar eclipse, the whole shebang, and I even had my mum on the phone who is very, very new to all this stuff going, what is going on at the moment? Is something <laughs> going on with the planets? Like, can you please tell me? Like, it's just crazy out there. And, yeah. you know, I think it's it's great to have this knowledge to be able to go, okay, well, this, 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 and this is happening. And 
as you said, like how to navigate that and how to make decisions from that point of view. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, can you take us through what the big three in astrology are and why mm-hmm. they are important for us to know? Okay. So um, the big three represent three different signs. So um, if you're not familiar with it, Every single planet has an astrological sign in your chart. Or let me back it up. Um, Let me back that up too. We all have what's called a natal chart, which is kind of a snapshot of where all of the planets are at our time of birth. Um, And so in that snapshot, we have, of course, multiple planets, and they are all traveling in in different signs. A long time ago, even still somewhat today, but it's, it's moved more to the big three, there was such an emphasis on the sun sign. And it would be the only sign that you'd see in the back of magazines or, you know, the, the ones that are classically that pickup line, what's your sign, all of that. Mm-hmm. Then it represented, um, it's because the sun sign represents our personality in this lifetime. It's kind of our persona. However, all of the different planets, they all represent something different. So your Mercury is going to be how you're communicating and how you talk. Your Venus is how you love your connection to luxury and beauty in the world. Um, and that your Mars is your passion, what also can, you know, how, how motivated you are to get things done, but also what happens when you get angry. And then you have your Jupiter, which is connected to leadership and growth and um, how you expand in the universe and uh, Saturn, which helps to do with boundaries and limitations, um, sometimes karma, judgment, things like that. Then we get into Uranus, which has to do with rebellion and individuality and uh, Neptune, which has a lot to do with spirituality and dreams, um, kind of that dreamy, watery kind of essence of a planet. And then Pluto, which has to do with uh, um, hidden things, mysteries, kind of churning up and and pulling that that out, exposing the truth and things like that. So, you know, we can say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm Michael, I'm an Aries. And, you know, you're like, okay, well, Aries are the first of the zodiac sign. They're ambitious, they're, they're impulsive, they're a fire sign. So that's Michael. But Michael is also so many, many, many different things. And um, it depends on where those other planets are. That kind of will also then demonstrate what type of an Aries I'll be. So mm. um, the big three has gotten a lot of, uh, I'd say, attention because it it really focuses on your sun sign, which is your personality. It focuses on your rising sign, which is your face to the world, how you you present yourself. And then your moon sign, which is connected to your emotions. But again, you know, even if we're just isolating those three, the other ones can be, you know, are just, just impact, just as impactful. So I don't like to limit it down to the three, but I know, you know, in, in society we are, but, um, this, uh, this brings up my question for the group, or I think maybe we can all share what our big three are, if we know. So yeah. um, I'll go first. I'm, I'm a sun in Aries, so very impulsive, very in-your-face, wild, energetic, all that good stuff. Um, but my moon sign is in Libra. So Libra is ruled by um, Venus. Aries is ruled by Mars. So I have a big dichotomy in this kind of harmony that is established in that where my emotions are more harmonious. They want things to be 
um, all good and lovey-dovey. Uh, also, everything has to look beautiful and um, be very much connected to art and the arts and um, communicating that love and beauty to the world. So hello, Glam Witch. Um, <laughs> exactly. and, uh, so so it, it, it works out really, really well there. And then my uh, my rising sign is Virgo. So that's my face that I wear to the world. It's kind of like the book cover that we always say we shouldn't judge, but we do, you know, the, the, so um, uh, with that being said, with the Virgo rising, you know, that I think comes into play with, of course, also me being the glam witch being put together because Virgos are very like analytical. Let's put things together. And when it comes to, to putting some kind of aesthetic or something together, I put a lot of detail and thought into it and to get it out there. Um, Virgos are also kind of known for being judgy and judgmental at times. And I've always heard that I have a, a, a big resting bitch face. So um, if I'm not talking or engaging, I just always look judgy and judgmental. So um, I think that's another area that, that I falls into. But, but how about you all? How about you? Or, wait, what was that? Should I go over my other signs too? No, I, I said blame it on your signs, your resting bitch blame it on, face. Yeah, blame it on the stars. <laughs> yeah. Stars and planets, it's all their fault. <laughs> so how about you all? Did you want to go, Laura? Or? Yeah, okay. My sun sign's Libra, my moon sign's Pisces, and my rising is Sagittarius. Oh, fun. Okay, cool. I've just yeah. been learning about how that all correlates. So, yeah, it's yes. all fairly new to me. But the more you learn, the more you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I've heard, too, some people say this, and I, I certainly relate to it at this point, too, in my life. Um, some say that, and like, from the ages of... Uh, zero since from basically from when you're born until you're 30, your sun sign is really the main focal point. I mean, mm -hmm. it really, that's how your personality is. It's, it showcases who you develop as, as an individual, but from the 30 on your moon sign kind of becomes more connected and you start to identify a lot more with it. And me personally, that is very much the case. I'm 33 this year. So, um, I, I've been, I love being an Aries, but, uh, it's very spot on in a lot of different ways, but my Libra, I've been connecting a lot more with, and I'll share too, you know, my, I'm a very different Libra than a friend of mine who, I'm sorry, I'm a very different Aries than I am than a friend of mine who is um, an Aries sun with a Scorpio moon. Mm. So they are a little bit more confrontational. They're, they get a little bit more um, uh, heated <laughs> when something doesn't <laughs> go right and think that maybe there's something lurking in the back, which is very Scorpio trait um and then can be a little bit more venomous with aggression which is one of you know aries is science and, and situations but me i try to keep it harmonious and if i do let out that aries aggression you know then i'm like oh my god 10 minutes later i'm sorry can we be friends again? Can we be good? <laughs> i i can't i emotionally i just can't deal with it yeah so, anyway <laughs> Shannon, what are your big three my big three, I am a sun sign Pisces, rising okay. Aquarius, and Gemini moon. Nice. Fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I love what you said about um, you and your friend who are both Aries. My daughters are both Gemini, but oh. one of them, they're very different, but one of them is a Virgo moon. The other is an Aquarius moon. So very, very different in all aspects. Yeah. I, yeah. And I say too, because sometimes people are like, oh, well, yeah, I, I don't believe in astrology because I'm this sign or that sign and I don't really relate to it. And part mm -hmm. of that is because what well, could be your other placements have such a, they're in like 
they're they're creating this kind of conflict with what your sun sign is. So you're not really feeling it because your other placements have dominated and kind of watered down your person, like not watered down your personality. That sounds awful, but like they've, <laughs> they've kind of in, in some kind of way, like, um, you know, they're just not making your, your, your sun sign as powerful. So, you know, there's, there's that to, to consider as well. And also I would love yeah. to pick your brain. Cause I was only chatting to Lara about this yesterday during the full moon is, uh-huh. And I've only just had my natal chart done, like literally in the last few days. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to learn a lot. (laughs) But every Scorpio, like moon, full moon or new moon, I feel it so freaking intensely. Like I was ugly crying the other day and I don't cry very much. (laughs) But Mm. it's like everything was coming up and, um, and I find it's a pattern with me now that I'm taking notice of things is every time that Scorpio comes up, um, boy does it come up for me it's stingy interesting Mm. but you said and your moon sign is in gemini right yes okay so i don't know what that's about (laughs) i was because the one thing i will say because a lot of time people are like um you know oh i uh, like it's a scorp like say say that you know for a scorpio sun sign they're like oh it's Mm -hmm. the moon's in scorpio i'm gonna feel a certain way nine times out of ten when you're when the the moon is in the sign that is your sun sign, you're going to feel like wonky. Okay. Um, there is a wonkiness that comes from that. It's when you have your uh, your lunar return where mm-hmm. it matches what your your moon sign is. That's when you start to like feel really powerful. Or I, like, for example, I feel very, very witchy when the Libra full moon happens or Libra new moon or whatever, because it's always changing, but mm. um, it's once a year that the Libra is in full moon and once a year that it's in the new moon phase. So um, when it is, I just like, oh my God, glam witch galore, let's get it down. <laughs> but when, but every time the full moon is in Aries, I really am just like, I don't want to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. I'm just going to relax. I just can't. And, um, so that's one thing to kind of consider. Yeah. I'm going to have to like the, the natal chart I got is like a 20 page PDF mm. and I haven't had time to read through the whole thing, but I'm curious so, to but, see and, where Scorpio is in my chart, I guess. It's a, yeah. And way. so with, and you said your sun sign is a Pisces? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, it could be the, like, you know, um, so the moon itself is very much connected to water. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very much connected heavily to water signs. Um, and with you being a Pisces, kind of maybe getting that stuff at the, at the Scorpio full moon, Scorpio is another like water sign, you know, Mm. it, 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 there might be something going on there as well. Yeah. That's very curious. I love it. Thank you. There's houses (laughs) as well, isn't there? So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's houses too. So so there's there's 12 signs and 12 houses. Yeah. And, um, the best, (laughs) and so I, I have some astrology friends and I was trying to explain, I I was trying to explain to them my understanding of it and they about ripped Mm -hmm. my head off because they're like, that's good, but that's not a real astrological way of doing it. Like it's not how astrologists do it. And I was like, okay, but again, this is a book for witches and it's how witches do it. And it's how I learned to do it better. So essentially you can kind like the houses all correspond with the signs essentially. Mm -hmm. So the first house is going to connect with Aries. The second house is going to connect with uh, Taurus, third Gemini and so on and so forth. So So this, it's going to have a similar energy type. 
Okay. But they are completely like their own things. So your first house is getting to rule your um, identity, your ego, uh, kind of how you're seen in the world. Second house is going to be your connection to resources. Um, you know, how luxury and money kind of, you know, play in, into the scheme of things. Three is going to be communication. Geminis are also communicative. Four is going to be home and security. Um, kind of that uh, same kind of emotional connection to the world that cancer has have. So it's connected like cancer. So um, I always like to say that the, the houses are kind of like the stages on which the signs, if you have them in that house, play on it. So mm. like my sun sign is in the eighth house, which is connected to sex, death, and the occult. And oh, it's wow. also conjunct to my Venus sign. Um, so, you know, again, every time someone's read my chart, that's a little witchy. They're like, well, yeah, you are the glam witch. Like you are, not only is it that your persona in this life has a lot of ambition around it, but it's also saturated in like the mysteries of sex, death, and the occult. And that's also then connected to your presence of love and beauty, AKA glamour. So mm. that's how like houses can be very um, mm. influential in kind of looking at where they are and, you know, how they play another role to it. I, I keep thinking about the, you know, you're getting another palette of, of paint to paint with. It's, totally. it's an unfolding sudden, onion, basically, yes, of layers. The to <laughs> yes. <laughs> all the different palettes and now you're adding in glitter and sheen and <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and tints and shades and yeah all of all of the things so fun and it's amazing when you were talking about yourself just then and, and look at you like you're living you're living it and it's yeah. there written in your chart as well that's so cool written in the stars yeah that's right absolutely so, Mike, we've already talked a fair bit about astrology and witchcraft and how they go hand in hand, but something that you said just then with regards to some other um, astrology friends that you have that aren't necessarily witchy and how, um, well, firstly, it's kind of refreshing to hear that there's, um, like, it can be interpretive to a, you know, to a certain degree and it's really what resonates with you. But with that in mind, um, especially thinking about your astrology friends and the witchcraft and how you perceive it, how do they, can you just describe a bit of, of the differences, I suppose? The differences in astrology and witchcraft? Yeah, from, from your okay. astrology friends and how you see it slightly different and how you see that astrology and Got witchcraft it. go hand in hand as opposed to how they view it differently, I suppose. Well, um, I don't know if I can really go over exactly how how they see it differently because they're not here to yeah. combat me with that. Yeah. Um, I would <laughs> say that, that, uh, that. <laughs> the, the big areas are, I mean, it's just, it's kind of like um, the best way that I can describe it is like, so, I mean, witchcraft is, is like my number one thing, right? It's the, it's. And it manifests in a different way because I have a niche, specifically glamour, right? But yeah. I do know about other types of magic, like mm. uh, crystals, of course, because I love crystals. And I, mm. But I utilize them in a slightly different way. I wear them. I don't always make the grids. I don't always do all of those things. So it's it's kind of the same thing as like, you know, like I have knowledge of astrology and it's pretty good. It's not the best. I'm not an astrologer. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I haven't studied astrology for the length of time that so many other people have it, but I have a, a good understanding of it enough to kind of paint the way for someone who is a witch to understand how you can utilize the planets to your favor and your magic. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that's the, the best way I can describe it. But I mean, when it looks at like kind of the, the overlapping of, of how witchcraft and, and astrology go hand in hand, um, you know, as, as, if we look at kind of like medieval times um, and the spell books and grimoires that were happening in, in during those those times, um, astrology was a major part of it as well. Um, it kind of has always been having this kind of, I guess, judgment or preconceived notion that because it's kind of mystical and some there's truth to it and some things actually do happen, that you know it's an act of witchcraft. But sep- I mean, honestly, they are two separate things, but they can merge very very well together of course yeah makes sense doesn't it mm-hmm. and how can planetary alignments supercharge our spell crafting and on the flip side can they make spells or manifestations weaker yes so in astrology there's um a certain thing called aspects and this is just kind of connecting to the distance um between planets essentially so uh there are some very good harmonious types of aspects, such as a conjunction, which I had mentioned with myself a minute ago. So um, a conjunction is basically a proximity of two planets being like in alignment, um, you know, very much connected to each other. So my sun sign is Aries, but my Taurus is in Venus, but they're conjunct. They're within three degrees of each other. So that means they're like right on top of each other in your natal chart. Um, but I was I was a cusp baby. I was born on the second to last day of Aries. So that's why you kind of see those two different signs happening. Um, mm-hmm. But the conjunction, essentially my personality and love, beauty, you know, riches, value, fame, all of that, they're very much in, intertwined. So there's a harmonious connection there. Uh, again, the, so essentially like the elements of Venus are super, super charged to my personality in the same way that my like love life and all of that has a flare of Aries going on in it too, because there it's there's that commingling of energy there, so it's harmonious. Uh, a similar thing would be what's called a sextil, which are different aspects where um, there's a helping nature between the the planets. Um, so a sextils will definitely help encourage um, more harmonious connections in your spellcraft, and then have trines, which are three. Um, it's got that tri, T-R-I, always three. Uh, and that's when there are three planets that are equal distance from each other. And it's kind of a rare aspect. Not everyone has it in their charts. I have one. Um, and it's when three plant, like, so the three planets are all equal distance from each other. So they all basically are in the same planet. Uh, there might be a, like a, a, based on degree, there might be a slight change where one is actually like in another sign, but that's also rare. Uh, but trines actually, they really help kind of showcase, um, like someone's, uh, like secret hidden, uh, feature. So some Mm -hmm. hidden strength that they have in the world. And I have an earth trine. So mine is very much connected to, uh, the senses and sensuality and, and deep rooted, um, things, very earthy, um, and then we have our oppositions and our squares, which are the negative aspects. So, Squares are going to be, um, you know, uh, so it creates a sharp 
connections. So the planets are literally like a square shape from each other. Mm -hmm. And in those cases, it creates a sharp tension. So those are going to suggest um, conflict in those signs uh, and those planets and um, the energy that comes from them. And oppositions are essentially the opposite of a conjunction. So you think two planets apart are the conjunction and an opposition are when they're opposite. Um, but again, opposites attract. So there could be some harmony there. It just depends on, depending on the planets and depending on the signs, it's just whether or not those two things want to work to e with each other or if it's a complete like, oh, oh my God, no, they're not going to going to get to anywhere. So, you know, if you're looking at um, individual, like if you're looking at yourself, you know, and in your natal chart and you can see conjunctions or sextiles, um, squares, oppositions, things like that, you know, those just showcase areas of your life, you know, the, where you either have great harmony or why things kind of balance out the way they do, or why maybe you're experiencing, you know, tension in certain parts of your life. Uh, and then if you were trying to do spellcraft, you can use um, like daily horoscopes or predictive astrology where you kind of pre-plan events or different things based off of like some of these placements on earth, mm. uh, um, from our place on earth. There's so much, isn't there? Yes. I just want to have a look at my natal chart now. <laughs> again, you know, I want to exactly. work that again. As soon as you hear Absolutely. something else, you're like, oh, now you sort of, something else drops and you're like, oh. Now have there's something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cool. I just remember from, from remembering how my chart looks, it's all on one side, like once, like when mm. you're looking at the round picture, one side's like empty and everything's all on the other side. So now I have to and go. And that can mean some certain things too. And I, I think on it, I actually think that that section got cut out of my book. Um, I don't know. If ah, it's okay. But there are different like sh like shape patterns too. So certain patterns can oh, represent okay. certain stuff. So if your your stuff's all in like one area, that could mean something. If it's on, you know, another. So if you also look at your natal chart, it's um it looks like a pie essentially, or mm -hmm. a slice of pizza, yeah. like pizza slices. And so the bottom half, it's because it goes in. Um, so the way that the houses work, they're in a counterclockwise space and it starts at like essentially like the nine o'clock space on a clock. Oh, okay. and it goes like kind of backwards around. And so the whole bottom half has a lot to do with like your inner world and your, your like life. And then the top half has to do with external things, friendships, mm -hmm. school, society, all that kind of stuff. So if you're, let's say you have all of your signs and stuff are like down in the bottom area then there's a lot of focus on inner things and more maybe being a little bit more of an introverted individual. And then if it's like or heavy on the top, that can also then showcase like you being really, really kind of popular or, you know, having a lot more um, interest in communication, public speaking, things like that. Right. So that's one example of kind of how the, the actual grouping of all of the planets being next to each other are spread out can really kind of help, you know, create more understanding. Mm. So cool to see how it all yes. relates. I love it. Absolutely. Um, I loved in the book how you suggested creating a natal altar. It yeah. really appeals to us witches, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> can you share with our listeners all how to altars. go about that? Sure. So a natal altar would be um, similar to any other altar where you kind of set up you know, use it as a focal point for your magical work. So someone who really wants to get in 
to astrology or start working with the planets a little bit more, could set up a space in their house and, um, you know, connect to, basically you would set it up like your natal chart. So first you'd need your natal chart and you'd need to kind of see where all your placements and things are. And then you can kind of start placing things in that, on that altar in the same positions that your natal chart would be. So if you, let's say, you know, you, you could do it with crystals. You could essentially do a crystal grid and create a natal chart based off crystals. You could do candle magic with them and, and stuff like that. Let's say you really wanted to focus on your Mars sign and that's perfect because Mars is connected to fire. So then you want to have a candle there. You know, you could have a flower in your Venus sign area because that's the love. So there's, I mean, you have fun with it. Essentially, that's yeah. always like the most exciting thing. Um, but I think that that's a great way to visually um, connect with your natal chart and incorporate that into your practice. You know, we're all very visual, but at the same time, witchcraft is the unseen. It's uh, mm. the synchronicities and the harmonies of what we actually don't see in the world. But um, definitely for a beginner, I think that that would be a wonderful thing to do so you can kind of tangibly see it mm, um, and then start interacting with it on a mm. daily, weekly, you know, however, however, however you work it into your practice, essentially. Love it. Yeah, same here. All about the altars. Mm. <laughs> All the altars, shrines, and magical places. Definitely. Yeah. And a huge part of the book are the chapters on each planet, including the energy, suggested spells, rituals, and meditations. And I found these really in-depth and insightful. Do you have a favorite planet or a spell or ritual you would like to share with us? Absolutely. My favorite <laughs> planet is Venus, which if you know me is probably not a big shocker or a surprise. <laughs> um, and I have, I will say, you know, it's interesting when you look at my, like my whole chart, um, I'm, it's very much dominated with two planets. Uh, so, um, what I mean by that is, you know, all of the signs are represented by a planet. So I have a lot of Venus in my chart. Um, so number one, there's that conjunction to my sun sign that we talked about, but I have a lot of Libra and Taurus placements and both of those are ruled by the planet Venus. So love Venus. Uh, I mean, it's essentially my brand, yeah. <laughs> all the things that I, I work with, my niche planet. Um, but I also have a lot of Saturn. So mm -hmm. a lot of, um, you know, boundaries or even how do I break free of these boundaries? So, and that has a lot to do with then I think, you know, my visual representation as a genderqueer individual who um, can play on, play on things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. So, um, but anyways, my favorite spell in the, uh, chapter in the chapter in the book <laughs> is, um, the, the Venus chapter. I can read it real quick. That'd be uh, it is a Venetian or Ven Venetian, sorry, Venetian nights ritual, um, which is going to be a perfect ritual to do if you are heading out for an evening with friends or you have a date, you're going out, it's Friday night. Fridays are ruled by the planet Venus, so it's a perfect thing for that. So you will need some body glitter, which is optional if you wanted to have some of that, um, an outfit and jewelry of choice. You'll need a knife, two green candles, two pink candles, cinnamon oil, rose oil, a gold or silver mica, and then a lighter and matches, of course, because we got to set some things on fire. <laughs> so start off by um, preparing for your evening as you normally would. So take a bath, shower, groom, do your hair, makeup, all that good stuff. 
add a little bit of body glitter to you if you feel inclined for some extra pizzazz, some extra excitement. It's it to me is a is a great visual component too to help get people to to notice and pay attention to you. So that's why I really recommend the the body glitter there. Um, and then dress yourself uh, slowly and start envisioning yourself as the ultimate bewitcher. So. Um, with that being said, get, I would say, you know, get dressed in front of a mirror, really have fun getting dressed, start to check yourself out and, and feel that love, um, you know, be a Lizzo song, you know, love yourself <laughs> love that. Uh, in that yeah. moment. And, you know, from that, start amplifying that energy out there. So once you're all, you're all dressed and you're all prepared, um, grab your knife and the candles and carve the Venus symbol into each of them. So that is essentially a plus sign with, a uh, big circle on top. And um, from there, you're going to anoint all of the carvings with uh, a drop of each of the oil. So you have your cinnamon oil there. Uh, cinnamon is going to be much more of a Mars planet, but that's connected to uh, uh, like your seduction um, and uh, lust and that drive. And then rose is more of that beauty. So we're going to try to play on that little opposition there a little bit to uh, help instill that glamour. Um, so we have the oil on there, and then you're also going to sprinkle the candles with a little bit of mica to add some glamorous sparkle. So after that, you'll create a, a circle um, with the candles around yourself on the floor. So the way I like to do it is, you know, have maybe like a pink a candle at the top and the bottom and a green candle at left and right or vice versa. So it alternates. And we're using green and pink here because they're both colors of the planet Venus. So pink, of course, beauty, harmony, love, self-love, all that good stuff. Green is going to be more connected to, you know, a uh, heart chakra, of course, um, but also uh, fame, um, fortune, things like that. And so when you can combine fame, fortune with beauty and aesthetic, that is a visual representation of people looking at you. It's attraction on all that scales, on all the different scales. So picture circle. Um, set them on fire in a clockwise direction and invoke the blessings of Venus uh, for your glamorous night out by saying, I am full of glamour and full of grace, enchanting those who see my face. May I radiate Venetian light and transfix everyone with my sight. Mm. And then from there, visualize yourself in uh, as the supreme vision of beauty and glamour in the universe blow out the candles and go have a fabulous evening whooping it up. I love that. Very cool. You do Beautiful. that. You're in for a good Thank night you. already. You're off to a great start, aren't you? Exactly. So it's just, I mean, it's taking something as simple as getting ready um, and uh, and adding a little magical twist to it to, to turn it into something more fabulous and more fun. And in the process of it, you know, you just automatically will go out and have a good time. You'll feel yourself a little bit more. Yeah, supercharged. Absolutely. So, Michael, it's currently yes. Mercury retrograde, a time that oh, most that people thing. lose and fear. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice or rituals that you can well, offer so or that you do? The important thing to know is that all of the planets go in retrograde at certain points. And, um, you know, for anyone that's not familiar with a retrograde, it's kind of when we kind of look at the planets as going backwards. They're not physically going backwards. They just kind of stop from our position on Earth. And the retrogrades could, you know, last for a certain period of time. We usually get Mercury retrogrades three to four times a year. 
depending. And um, of course, Mercury rules over communication. So what's to be expected during that time? It's basically the communication frequencies all kind of go haywire. Mm-hmm. And um, there can be a lot more petty arguments and fights between people. Um, little miscommunications happen at work with friends, family, lovers, all that good stuff, which makes it really tough. But not mm-hmm. just, you know, in, in verbal communication, it's also times where you need to make sure that you are looking over your contracts correctly and don't sign any papers or you can, it's just really try to, to really think about it. Um, so it's not recommended to sign papers or travel because travels are going to have delays. There's that lack of communication from point A to point B, or even if you're waiting things in the mail, like try to order it ahead of time because uh, it's going to probably be delayed. And I'm right now expecting a bunch of packages that are super delayed. And I'm like, haha, of course they are. (laughs) So my biggest advice is to look at the retrogrades, regardless of which one they are, as a time to focus on the re's. Uh, and what I mean by that is restart, re-envision, rethink certain decisions. So it's a time for a cosmic pause in certain certain areas. Um, and it's good. Pauses are needed, okay? They not, you know, if we look at it from a self-care standpoint, like if we're continuously driving a car, you know, we have to stop and refuel at a certain point. So that area of your life is, it's a really great time for you to just say, oh, I'm going to stop. I'm going to seek shelter. I'm going to kind of relax and not, not have that be a certain a thing that's going on. So Mercury retrograde from a very practical standpoint, now is the time to listen more and talk less. Um, and, and pay attention to, again, the signs and synchronicities that are coming out around you. It's weird. This one, this Mercury retrograde um, is hitting me hard in the sense that like little things that I said, oh, I'm never going to be interested in that. Or, oh, I don't ever want to do that. I don't want to work there. Or I don't want to go do that with my life. It's It's been kind of like, oh, wait. <laughs> you know what? Why don't I? Number one, why don't I? Why did I automatically close that door? What was the reason for that? Am I? Was it a real situation or was I just being petty in my mind or jumping to conclusions? Maybe there is something useful for me if I go down that path. So it's that's always a good way to kind of look at these retrogrades um, and use those to your advantage. Now, you can also use... Um, uh, anti-mercury retrograde spell that I have in my book. I Ooh. can also go over that if you guys want. That would be sure. amazing. Okay, so let me find it and pulling it up here. So we have, honestly, there's a couple of different spells. So for um, just to kind of showcase the book for a second, uh, you know, the beginning of the book, I talk a lot about astrology, how you use it, how you can start reading your natal chart. But then the second part of it um, is a spell book, essentially. And uh, each chapter is represents a different planet and there's um, about four spells in each one of those those chapters as well as um, a diagram that talks about the transits so that kind of helps individuals who have been practicing for a while who want to kind of create their own spells to see what those transit energies represent to then make their own magic so but in mercury i kind of did a bunch of spells that all relate to mercury retrograde so we have a to make a better decision spell. And that would be helpful to use during Mercury retrograde because it just kind of helps us have clear thoughts on our decisions at that time where it's kind of harder (laughs) um, to make the the best things. 
You also have one to reverse bad communication. So that would be a good spell. Um, if you know that you struggle in some kind of a way to communicate your needs effectively or have someone else in your life who is just not communicative, this would be a good spell to kind of work to kind of bring more harmony. And then I also have a, um, a Mercury meditation. So let's do the... Let's do the reverse bad communication one. That's the one that I say is a great spell to per perform in preparation of a Mercury retrograde at a mm -hmm. time when commun communication tends to go awry. Um, so you'd want to perform the spell on a Wednesday during the planetary hour of Mercury. And if you're doing the spell for the retrograde, do it on the Wednesday before the retrograde begins. So with that in mind, you'd want to take a yellow chime candle, which is a smaller candle, about two, two and a half inches. Um, they burn pretty quick. Uh, and I love using those as, as kind of my spell candles, just because, again, they really allow the candle to burn completely in a, a good amount of time. So you're not sitting here waiting all night long for a candle to burn out. <laughs> um, you'll also want an oil blend that is equal parts of uh, some mercury plants. So it's a mixture of lavender, lemongrass, and vetiver. And then you'll also want to have uh, a blend of those same herbs uh, crushed up and blended together. So lavender, lemongrass, and vetiver. And you'll want some lighters and matches. So um, first to start, you're going to turn the yellow candle upside down and you're going to chip away at the bottom of the wax so that the end of it actually is becomes like the top where you're going to light it. So you want to expose the wick. Um, when you Once you do that, you, um, you're going to, of course, place it. You'll want to have a, a nice candle holder or something that you can place it in. Otherwise, it's going to be a little wobbly and it's not going to work out for you. But um, so once you get the wick exposed from the bottom, so it becomes the top, you're going to want to then carve the mercury symbol on one side of the candle and your name on the other. Um, and if you're, of course, using a, a shorter candlestick, initials work. Um, it could be just your first name, you know, improvise as you see fit. And then you'll want to lick your finger and trace that Trace your saliva over your name to create an energetic bond between you and that candle. So then you'll dress the candle with the oil and roll it into the ground herbal blend. And you're going to place it into the holder, uh, light the exposed wick and say, may communication be a breeze. Our thoughts and words flow with ease. So then you're going to want to focus intensely on the area of your life that lacks the communication or focus on the, the mercury retrograde coming and all of the different things that you can already kind of foresee going wrong um, and how you wish those things to be smoothed out. So don't just focus on the negative, but come with a plan on how you would normally go about fixing those things, how you'd smooth it out. And then from there, allow the candle to burn out completely um, and continue to chant the above incantation when faced with any communication mix-up. I love that. So okay. even though I do reference it in the book to use pre-Mercury pre retrograde, you can do it currently, mm -hmm. like during it. Yeah, it's still helpful. Yes. <laughs> and I can only imagine how amazing that blend smells as well. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. It's nice. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. So what would you love for people to take away from reading Astrology for Witches? You know, um, someone just recently left a really, like, good review. And I don't mean, like, I mean, it was a good review in, in, in just the very, like, surface sense. But I loved what they actually had to say in it. 
And it was that like, this is not a book for the astrologist. This isn't a book for hardcore astrologers. This is an introductory book for witches on how to use planets and astrology in magic. And that's the biggest takeaway that I want for people to have. I want them, I want it to help, you know, answer the questions that they have that comes to astrology and to not be as intimidated by the planets or um, think, oh my gosh, oh, this is just too hard. I just don't know about it. Yeah, I want to, I hopefully have put out there a good tool for individuals to, um, to really work with the stars and the cosmos. So true. That's the first word that came to my mind as well. It's a really good and useful tool for someone to go, there is a lot, there's a lot involved, but it doesn't need to be this scary. Have a look at this. This is some information mm-hmm. and this is what you can do with that. Yeah, it's sort practical. Of powers really practical. You yes, to do something practical about astrology it. for witches. That's what it should have been called. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make those decisions. So. <laughs> you do all the fun bits. <laughs> Yes. Oh, but well, speaking of tools, it is Divine Tool of the Week. So each episode we share with our listeners, and you've already shared so much of your spells. So thank you so much. Um, is there anything else you're that welcome. you've got that you love working with in ritual at the moment? Well, these are literally brand new. So I'm going to use these, but um, I haven't actually worked with them yet. They literally just arrived a minute or so ago. But oh, I yeah. anyway. So right I got time. some um, crystal beauty tools. So um, a rose quartz comb for the hair oh, God. Uh, and then some makeup brushes um, uh, with rose quartz handles. So wow. um, these Gorgeous. are, these are going to be my new tools that I'm going to be working a lot with, I, I think, I for my glamours and my Venetian nights. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I love that. Are you, did you say you'll go, you just bought them or are you going to be selling them? I just bought them. Um, right. I got them because. I, someone had just like mentioned to me, there's like, you know, there's like makeup tools that are with crystals. And I was like, there are, I mean, I'm sure there are, let me go look at them. And I, so I found some, um, and, uh, cool. I'm really excited to, to work with them. I love Beautiful. that. Why not? <laughs> yes. I'm a, uh, I have a very large crystal collection and, um, it's something where I think we all have it, where we have a, a, a big interest and then the interest dies down a little bit and then it comes back. Mm-hmm. So probably for the last year or so, crystals have kind of not been my um, biggest area that I worked with. I kind of put that that practice on a, a hold. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting more back into it. It's coming, you know, around again. So um, this is going to be a great way to kind of infuse crystal magic with beauty magic and go from there. Perfect. Thank you. And I thought before we finish up, um, I would also love to ask for our listeners who may be wondering how do they go about getting a natal chart done? Sure. So there are so many different resources online, so many different apps these days that can help you figure that out. So one of my Mm -hmm. best resources is astro.com. I love it. They can pull together a really beautiful chart for you. Um, If you just use the amazing Oracle of Google, Uh, to to do a search on like, you know, prenatal chart or something like that. It's going to ask for your name. It's going to ask for your time of birth, your place of birth and day of birth. And so of course, sometimes there's going to be individuals that don't have all of that information if you're adopted or something along those lines. Um, And if you don't, you know, again, hardcore astrologers are going to be, oh no, you have to have it or it's not (laughs) going to work. 
and I really disagree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, there, the not having like the time of your birth is going to really impl- like change the the possibility of your rising sign. Um, so just go into it knowing like, okay, this might not be all that accurate in that one area, mm. but that's really the biggest one that I'd say could, there could be like a big mix up, mix up on. Um, the other thing would be the moon because the moon changes sign every 2.5 days. So um, there could be a, a chance that there's um, a mix up there too. Uh, if you were like kind of towards the cusp, the ending or transition into one or the other. But, you know, there's other astrology apps and things like that, like CoStar and different things. So try it out, check it out, type in the information. It's going to give you that circle grid um, of a pie chart with all these lines and and symbols (laughs) on it. But at the bottom, there should be uh, a key or a chart that kind of explains to you then what the different things are. Yeah. I have CoStar. I like CoStar. Yes. That's a yes. buzz buzzfeed one right now, like um or buzzword one. Like a, a lot of people have co-star. Oh, there you go. I like there's a certain setting on there where you can look up your friends and you can see yes. how you correlate. And you can together. see the compatibility you have yeah. with somebody, which is yeah. nice. That's cool too. That's fun. <laughs> yes. And do you have anything brewing you would like to share with our podcast coven? And how can everyone find you and your amazing books? Well, I always have something brewing, but um, yeah, I'm actually do. working on uh, I'm working on two books right now <laughs> at the same time. As um, you do, <laughs> as I do. So there's I can't um, publicly talk about the topics at this point, but um, what I will share is one of them has been a passion project that I was really hoping to start um, or, or get out in 2020, and then the pandemic <laughs> hit. And um, it just kind of didn't seem like a topic that could come out, you know, during all of that, that stuff. So it's been on the back burner for a while as I turn out, you know, a lot more of these kind of beginner style books. And so um, I've been reworking the initial direction that I wanted to go with it. Uh, What I will say is it will be a full colored photo book, kind of like a coffee table book. Um, And it will be it's slated to come out on my birthday next year on April 18th. So, uh, you know, look out for that. I'll probably be able to publicly talk about it, um, in the beginning of March of next year. So, uh, that one's the fun date, like big passion project of mine, um, that I'm really excited to, to get off my plate. But, um, uh, in the meantime, um, my publisher that I've been working with, who's done my moon books, the love book, the astrology book, they came back and, um, wanted me to work on another topic of witchcraft, uh, which is a very basic level, fundamental part of, of witchcraft that I'll be doing an entire book about, which I'm currently writing now and will be chipping away at um, tonight when we're finished with our call. Yeah, very nice. Beautiful. And we will include Michael's links to his various social media tags and his website um, in the show I forgot to say all that. So the best place to find me is my website, www.theglamwitch.com. It's got connections to all of my different articles and podcasts I've been on, um, links to all of my different books and where you can purchase those or how you can get in touch with me to get wholesale or a store if you're a witchy store person and you need them there. Um, it also connects to, um, you know, ways in which you can contact me for a tarot reading or an astrological reading. 
Um, I also can do those for you. So I do have that service up there. Uh, and also there's links at the top and in the footer down below to all of my social media pages. And I'm sure everyone at this point is familiar with the overly like saturated uh, imposter accounts that are happening. Yeah, on crazy. So the best way to figure out which one is really me is to go to the link that's on my mm. website. And if it's not that one, then it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> so, that must be well so put. frustrating. My gosh, just so it many is. people. I had out. my fifth, uh, my fifth imposter, maybe have been sixth this past weekend. So, wow. but it went, it got taken down pretty quickly because by the time it was even brought up to my attention, it was fully down. And I thought maybe I just got blocked, but everyone was saying, no, this, it's fully not there anymore. So oh, that's, that's good. Lovely. Frustrating. Definitely. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your time. As usual, it's just been beautiful. It sounds like we might have a good excuse for a cheeky, another update next year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I would love that. Well, thank you so much, Michael. And yeah, all the best with this book. And we highly recommend it to all of our listeners. It's just a really fantastic read and yeah, a fantastic tool. It. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you both very much. And I'm, again, very excited to be back on your show. So anytime you want to chat, let me know. Woo-hoo. We will. <laughs> We've got that recorded now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, all the best writing your next couple of books. We can't wait to see them. And take care for now. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. We love bringing Turns Out She's a Witch to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, you'll get access to some beautiful guided meditation recordings, a Patreon shout-out on the podcast, there's monthly live Q&As, competitions and giveaways, as well as a special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. As always, we welcome your questions. We'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your family and friends and give us a follow over on Insta at turnsout underscore she's a witch. Until next time. Thanks for listening and being a part of our podcast coven. <laughs>